When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Stu Baca, and I'm a Gen X grown-up, and I support Gen X grown-up on Patreon, and you should too at patreon.com slash Gen X grown-up. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? Gen X grown-up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X grown-up podcast listeners to this episode 140 <laughs> Gen X grown-up podcast. I am John. Joining me always, of course, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? You know that Mo is here with us. Hey, everybody. In today's episode, we will watch a new coming-of-age series where everybody gets superpowers when they turn 18, <laughs> test drive a remarkably powerful web application for podcasters or really anyone who does audio-video editing, and play a board game where the object is to fulfill your destiny and become an iconic Star Wars villain. Those topics and many more are headed your way a little bit later in the show. But first, it's time for some fourth listener email. The fourth listener this time around is Vern, longtime listener and supporter. Vern? Oh, yeah. Subject line of Vern's email is Auxbee and Schoolhouse Rock. Oh, okay. okay. Two good things. Yeah. Here we go. Vern says, I spent my $2. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, John. I heard about Auxbee on the podcast this morning. Ah, that's the mobile game I was talking yep. about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to plug in the wire. Downloaded it and finished 40 levels in no time flat. Needless to say, I paid the $1.99 to get the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not the first time I've been accused of making people spend money, but yeah, by far. sorry, not sorry. It's, it, it's a cute game. It is. Two bucks. That's fine. Uh, he goes on to say, on another note, I found this great coffee table book about Schoolhouse Rock. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it has some background information, all the words to the original songs with tidbits and trivia about each song. It's been fun to go through, so I thought I would share. And he sent us a link, which nice. Mo, I will pass on to you uh, do. if you don't mind throwing in the show notes for our listeners. I took a peek at it. You couldn't look inside the book, uh, but I looked. This one is like updated last month I think Jeez. so they must do revisions and the update with new material new information that kind of thing so yeah. and it's only okay. like 18 bucks or something is it hard hardback so nice coffee nice. table book nice excellent yeah, I am in the progress of purchasing it right now <laughs> are you really <laughs> yeah there you go you Vern. give me a link to schoolhouse rock of course I'm gonna buy it right now <laughs> yeah you made a sale well done Vern. hold on I gotta change my payment option there we go all right place your order and let's see when it'll be here. Come on, hurry up, refresh. In three me. months. It will be here on Friday. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You got upgraded. Yeah, Amazon finally took us out of shipping hell, I think. They must have opened that warehouse next door, which now, instead of it taking a week, being next door, the warehouse only takes two days. There you go. <laughs> to go three blocks. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well done, Vern. Hey, thank you for writing in. We love it every time one of the Forest listeners takes time out of their day to write in and tell us what they think about the show. If you would like your email featured here, it's drop dead easy. Just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single email, and most of them, like Vern's, will eventually make the show. Excellent. With that good business behind us, though, it's time to jump into the body of episode 140 right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show too. It helps more than you know. 
These mothers said they wouldn't switch diapers. I'm happy with my brand. I will not switch. Then they tried totally new super absorbency Pampers. Now I'm going to switch over to Pampers. They all did because new Pampers keeps babies drier from top to bottom. He stayed dry all night. This new blue waist shield stops leaks up top like no regular waist diaper can. The blue shield helps keep wetness from the baby. Yay for Pampers! So switch to totally new Pampers. It keeps babies drier from top to bottom. Let's kick it off right here at the top, talking about cool new media that we have. Well, I'm assuming it's cool new media that we have been consuming. We'll see <laughs> if it's cool always. or not. It's yes, not always. Not always. It could be, of course, TV or film or comics or books or music or whatever it is. Uh, and I think this time around, Mo, why don't we uh, hear what you have been sure. checking out? Actually, I found this uh, new TV show. Uh, it's called Poker Face. It's on Peacock. Uh, they already dropped hmm. the first four episodes. And it stars uh, Natasha uh, Leone. She was on um, mm-hmm. Russian Doll. Orange is the new Orange Doll. New Black yep. is where she really, I think, made it big. Right. And I'll tell you, I'm really, really liking this show because okay. it's very much like a Columbo-esque kind of show where they show the crime at the beginning. Oh, okay. And she solves it. And the cool thing about her is that her character has this ability where she can tell if somebody's lying to her. Always. Right. Hence the poker face. I see. Hence the poker face. And uh, the character itself is hilarious because like, and sometimes under her breath, someone will say something and she'll go like, bullshit, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> she knows it and she's like, oh, sorry, sorry. Because she, like, even the, it's the smallest thing, if someone's lying to her, she knows. Like, just knows. She's it's a just, bullshit detector just like George. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, so it turns I don't up know to if 11, I have a probably. detector. I just call bullshit. Oh, you do. Okay. an active device. <laughs> and actually, even the, the title credits when they open up has kind of like a 70s feel like the yellow block lettering i mean it just it, it the intro even seems very 70s to me okay but let me tell you i mean i really like Columbo like back in the day that was like one of my favorite shows right. that you know i used to watch with my dad because again the idea of seeing the crime and then having them solve it later you know like and see how he solves it just is so so cool it's very very similar like a lot of things like she's like instead of doing the one more thing she'll have like mm-hmm. i have another question she'll ask like some like, like she'll ask a whole bunch of nonsense also she'll ask like one question also the person's like what the hell like that's like the probing question that's going to solve the whole thing mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun they drop the first four it's every week after that i think it's like eight or nine episodes this season but let okay. me say i watched the first three and i'm just really enjoying it cool poker face yeah i mean so that's what i'm watching how about you george what you got yeah i caught a documentary thanks to the red dimension plex server the uh, <laughs> red dimension plex server is this awesome service that sends out an email once a week and it lets you know all the new stuff that got added to it and in this case there was a documentary called out of print that was added. oh yeah i think the documentary came out last year. Maybe it was before that. I'm not really sure, but I went ahead and took a watch of this thing and I decided that I now know what I want to do with my life and my retirement. Oh, Oh. I really want to open up a theater dedicated to 35 millimeter print films. That's exactly what this documentary is all about. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. There was a theater or there is a theater in Hollywood that runs 35 millimeter prints exclusively. They don't do Mm -hmm. digital or anything like that. They run stuff from all eras and they program from all genres and they have specialty guests that come in and decide the programming for a week or a month, Mm -hmm. like maybe a famous director like Quentin Tarantino or a famous actor like Patton Oswalt. And it, it really spoke to me. I love movies. I sit Mm -hmm. in my little office and I probably watch 15, maybe 20 movies a week. I am ridiculous about, and I'll watch the same movie over and over and Mm -hmm. over again. I just literally, before we started recording this, was in the middle of probably my third run this year of the Hunger Games movies. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, there's no like sane reason anyone should have multiple viewings of that series <laughs> in the same year, but I, I do. The people who are running this theater and who have dedicated their lives to the preservation of 35 millimeter films are kooky and weird and nerdy mm-hmm. and awesome. And I'm not joking when I say if I find a way to finance it, even if it's a small little thing Mm -hmm. and do 35 millimeter films that I loved, even if only one person a night came to see it and that one person was me, I'd be happy. (laughs) That's what I would do with the rest of my life. This documentary put into focus everything that I love about film, everything that I love about the people who make films, show films, and 
it's really sad as to what's happening in that industry. So what type of movies are there? Like, I'm not even familiar with what would be on 35 millimeter. Everything that you can think of from Casablanca up to mm. modern day films mm-hmm. to a degree when I say modern day films. One part of the documentary, and I, you know, there's spoilers, whatever, it's a documentary, but <laughs> they are hard hitting this thing that has started happening where studios have decided that they are no longer not mm. just going to film in 35 millimeter, but release 35 millimeter prints anywhere. They're also not going to distribute the 35 millimeter prints that they have. Hmm. They're eventually just going to start destroying them. Wow. Right. The cost to store and stuff. It's, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. The cost to store them and ship them and get them back and all of that type yep. of stuff. It's just higher than what they can do with digital. They've been pushing digital. Uh, there are some things that I don't like in this country that they're allowed to get away with that I found out in the documentary they don't do in other countries. Like if a theater is doing 35 millimeter projection and they want digital because, you know, they want to get the new movies to entice mm-hmm. people to come to their mm-hmm. theater. Mm-hmm. The studios will help them get the loans for the equipment because a projector alone is $75,000 to $200,000, the documentary says, just for one digital projector. In order to finance that for some of these little small mom and pop theaters, the studios will help them, but they have to give up their 35 millimeter projector to do it. They can't have both. Boo. Yeah. Yeah, That sounds sketchy. Corporate greed at the higher levels, but these people who run this little theater in Hollywood, they're fighting the good fight. They're trying, they're not saying we don't love digital. Digital is fine. They're just saying, why can't we both coexist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a little heavy handed and on the nose in that last third of the film. And it felt like it dragged a little bit, but it's because one of the people who works at that Hollywood theater is the director of the film. And I think she was really <laughs> trying to drive yeah. that point home. They did some neat things though. They showed the little 35 millimeter theaters in local places. Like they had pictures of them. Like here's one in Ohio and here's one in mm-hmm. Australia and here's one yeah. in blah, blah, blah. Really Really fun stuff, nostalgic, got my heartstrings pulled. And that's awesome. I've already started formulating a plan to speak to my wife about how we're going to figure out a way to afford this <laughs> theater because I just want to quit my state job and just do this. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. I, I watched it too. I, I pulled it down also on that same Redplex server. What a great service, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, and it was really fun. You know, I, I learned some stuff. I met some, uh, there, there's an old man there who used to be on the Virginian. He's a longtime Western mm-hmm. actor. He has a plaque on the chair because he's there all the time to see every yeah exactly to see every film and like you it didn't speak to me and tell me here's what i'm going to retire doing but it spoke to me from the like you said the people are quirky and nerdy and passionate and fun it's a lot like kind of like sci-fi fandom was maybe for us when you were Mm -hmm. younger you know where you kind of people don't fit in and here's this click of people who accepts everybody because we're all kind of quirky they said that many times like we're all nerdy and that's why it's fun because you're all it's so accepting community is what they had around films community they did and unfortunately the man who started the theater he's passed on Mm. A little early in his life unexpectedly, but his son is running it. One of the great little parts of the story is that the building that they are in was going to be sold. As soon as the man who had run the theater for years died, the owners of the building were like, nope, we're going to sell it. And so they lined up buyers and the buyers were going to turn it into a Chipotle or some shit. (laughs) And that's what we need. The people who go to this theater on a daily basis, like because it's in Hollywood, it's not just your average people like us that go like Mm -hmm. real time actors and directors go to this theater all the time. And one of them is Quentin Tarantino and Quentin Tarantino stepped up and bought the building (laughs) and donated it back to them or or became a manager or something, a silent partner kind of deal. Yeah. He's, he's the property manager, but he has (laughs) made it his life's goal that this theater will never close. That's awesome. And he brings in other people to help do things and finance and program and stuff. You know, they have a, like a Quentin Tarantino month. And that was this one little thing. And then I'll get over to John's (laughs) topic for this segment, but they produce this little flyer every month oh, and they've been yeah. doing it from day one. And on the flyer, it has Sunday through Saturday at the top and all along on each row for that week of that month, there are the posters for the films that they're going to show as a double bill every night. Cause they do mm-hmm. two films every night, $8 <laughs> yep. and the people come out and watch these things. And sometimes those months calendars are set up by a director, like I was saying, or sometimes an actor comes in and programs a week and it's, 
it's just incredible. And yeah. 35 millimeter is an art form. That's one of the big takeaways from this documentary. It should be considered the same way that the Mona Lisa is considered in a museum or, you know, a musician's original recording for their, you know, their song right. that they did. Mm-hmm. It should be preserved and it shouldn't be just discarded because there's a newer, cleaner, better, quote unquote, medium available for the movie because it's not the movie that's the only part of the art. The filming itself, the 35 millimeter print is also part of the art. Well, and in many cases, a lot of little films will never get a re-release. It'll never be put on digital. They're never mm-hmm. going to have a you know, Blu-ray release or anything because it's too old or it's too obscure. And that's the kind of thing that's getting preserved here. Things that will never yeah. become digital. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. Well, like I said, just that one last little comment. John, mm-hmm. hit us up with what you've got yep. to finish out the media segment. Yeah, absolutely. So this was something I was looking forward to last time we spoke. This is a new series on Hulu called Extraordinary. Mm. The premise of the series is everybody in this world when you turn 18 or thereabouts, you start to manifest a new superpower, just a single superpower. It might be something simple, it might be something very specific, that sort of thing. And the story in this particular series is that there's one young lady who's now 25 and she's yet to get her superpower. So mm-hmm. she feels very awkward, very uncomfortable. They're like therapy companies that will try to help you bring out your superpower if it's been too long kind of thing. And to give you an example of the superpower, so she lives with two roommates. There's one young lady who can change channel the dead. And so she can speak like her eye changes color and she speaks in the voice of Mm, someone else, like a lip sync deal, right? She often works like for wills and probates to find out what exactly the person wanted. She can just channel them and they can find out, right? So it's it's a specific job she has from her superpower. Mm -hmm. Her other roommate has the ability to turn back time just a little bit, like like 15 seconds or so. Not a lot, Ah. just enough. So if he's embarrassed or something or somebody walks in on him, yeah, he'll go and he'll rewind just a little bit, you know, to to try to undo (laughs) something. But he can't do it over and over. He gets tired. At the the beginning of the film, she's interviewing someone. Uh, She's interviewing for a job and the woman who's interviewing her kind of has the power of Wonder Woman's magic lariat, right? So she is forced to tell the truth and overshare when this woman's a perfect interviewer. He says, why am I telling you this? She goes, oh, it's kind of my thing. (laughs) One more I'll mention, like she's riding in a taxi cab and she's like an Uber and she's riding along and the guy turns around and goes, hey, you want to know how you die? No, no, I don't. (laughs) And of course, rather than say nothing, he kind of goes, oh, it's just as well. Well, why? Is it bad? Why? So the the premise of the series is that, but really it's a coming of age story. I've watched about the first half of the series. The whole whole series dropped. uh, I've watched the first four. And there are shades of other things that you'll enjoy this. It's it's a British series. So it was filmed in the UK and it's it's very thick, sometimes thick Cockney accents. I turned on the subtitles for some characters because it's kind of very, very thick. Uh, so one of the uh, one of the protagonists of the series, he uh, he's decided he wants to form a super group. And it's very reminiscent of Mystery Men, how he's have holding an interview, like an open audition. Mm-hmm. What's your power? Mm-hmm. What's your power kind of thing? And I don't want to spoil it because it's worth watching. But I will say that at the end of the first episode, it's revealed that a brand new person is introduced into this story that you never expected to be a character. And a lot of the st- series is, yes, trying to find out how this young lady will get her power and what her power is. But more importantly, it's finding out about this person who's lost their memory and where they're from. Of course, some superpower is involved, which I won't spoil. But it's kind of like a millennial story, right? These are all young people in their 20s. Obviously, they just got their power. And just like we talked about how, you know, that reboot of The Greatest American Hero would have been great with a millennial because they're kind of disenfranchised as a generation and they're having trouble finding their place in the world. Mm -hmm. That's the story they're telling with Extraordinary. There's a young lady who feels so out of place because everybody, she thinks everybody else has got their shit together and she doesn't and doesn't know how to fix it. Cool. I love those kind of superhero stories that take the normal superhero genre and turn it on its head. Mm. This case, superheroes are super because they're unique. They're different. They're one of a kind. But in Mm -hmm. this case... Everybody has a superpower, (laughs) so they're not really superheroes. They're all normal. Mm -hmm. I like that they frame this in more of a teen angst style, and I'm definitely going to watch the first season. I love the fact that all the eight episodes drop. That gives you a way to say, okay, I like this. I'm going to watch all of them. Are they 45 minutes or 30 minutes? They're like like 30 minutes, like 26, 27 minutes long. Easy to to tear through. Oh, yeah. They're they're bite-sized and fun. You're going to find yourself watching a couple in a row because they everyone ends with a little 
stinger of like, oh, no, mm. that happened. Cool. Uh, and I'll wrap it up with one more thing. I'll mention not all the superpowers are useful. So this young lady's <laughs> mother has her superpower and her superpower is the ability to control electronics. But yeah. she's an older woman and she doesn't understand electronics. So she's like <laughs> waving her hand over her phone. It's making noise. And she's like, mom, just touch it. No, it's my power. But you don't understand what you're doing because she has a power <laughs> that she has no idea how to utilize because, you know, as a boomer or whatever she is, she doesn't even know how electronics work. So that's great that the power doesn't automatically add knowledge because oftentimes in comic right. books, that's what happens. A, a person has the ability to control computers. Well, all of a sudden they're an instant mega master yeah. programmer. Not no, the case what if it's some schmo that was on the garbage truck? He doesn't know yep. programming from anything just because he can access the computer. I love that. That's good. Yeah. Actually, I like, I want to watch this too because it actually reminds me of a fantasy book I read a long time ago where something similar where everybody had like a magic ability like and it could okay. from anything silly or great except for the main character who didn't have one. Mm. Oh, right. So it sounds like kind of a similar sort of story but it's also funny because a lot of people had like stupid magic that they, I can make mm -hmm. spots appear in a wall. Ooh, you know. That kind of thing. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Yeah, yep. just random stuff. So it sounds pretty yep. cool. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So Extraordinary on Hulu, worth checking out. We'll be right back. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. New Transformers are here. Now there are pretender beasts with a beast inside that transforms into a fighting robot. And there are pretender beetles too. They split to reveal a transformable robot, then reassemble as a fighting machine. I'm going to start off Tekken Toys, kind of a follow-up from my last Tekken Toy, I guess. Because okay. um, last time I talked about the chat thing that you, know, you basically can write. Right. It'll write stories for you. It'll the AI thing. do text for you. So from digging through that, I found out that there's also one that does graphics, does artwork. And you probably heard some stuff about that too, I'm sure, on mm -hmm. the internet and stuff like that. It's called Dali, D-A-L-L-E, like Dali, like Salvador Dali, I'm um, guessing. Like Salvador. Right. I started messing with that thing. And just kind of curious, like, kind of what it does. And again, it's one of these things that's just, I can see why graphic artists are very against mm. this thing mm -hmm. because you could put stuff in there. Like one of the examples is, you know, teddy bear riding skateboard in Times Square, photorealistic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it did a photorealistic teddy bear on a skateboard in Times Square and it looked really good. <laughs> and there's a lot of controversy over it too. Like, is it stealing artwork? Is it, again, you know, is all art original? Is it all derivative? I mean, I'm not sure. You know, I think it's picking styles and stuff from people. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, the first one I did was said Godzilla as painted by Van Gogh. You know, it was the first one I did. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, um, That's a very Mo thing to search for. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah. I have to admit, it was pretty cool. But I don't know if you guys have heard anything about this or seen anything that comes from it. Yeah. So it was a big highlight in this past season for John Oliver. John oh, yeah. Oliver mm -hmm. had an entire series of segments that he did throughout the year where he was going on there and his name was one of the higher listed <laughs> searches on there. And it yeah. was specifically about him falling in love, marrying, and then eating a cabbage. Right. <laughs> so people right. were telling these stories with their questions to the AI robot thing. And mm -hmm. then it was producing the images that went along with the captions and he was yep. putting them on his show. It was really funny. And I've seen yeah. A few others. Uh, Colbert has done a few things with it, um, and it, it's pretty cute. Yeah. I've heard, I saw an article maybe today or yesterday that people on OnlyFans are concerned because they're using these graphic bots to create sexy ladies that they can post that, that aren't pictures of anybody, right? And mm. so you have people that are using OnlyFans to make money that way are like, now we can make pictures without having a person to take a picture of. Wow. And it's not just writers. It's not just artists. All kinds of creatives are, I, I'll, I'll call that creative. That's an art. <laughs> all kinds of creatives. <laughs> 
are feeling this AI nipping at their heels. Like, mm-hmm. how much is it good enough? How much are people going to rely on it? Is it going to damage my livelihood? Yeah, I, I can understand that for sure. And yeah. just a quick aside, because I read an article recently from a guy, I think the guy who created Gmail over at Google yeah. was upset because he says Google needs to get on this AI bandwagon because it turns out that people are using that chat AI to search for things because it mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. gives you the answer you want without having to scroll through. Right, there's no search ads. results. It just types out the answer. It just yeah, types exactly. out the answer. He said, you know, Google better jump on this quickly or they're going to lose a lot of share. I just find it funny that people who are in the technology world, OnlyFans people, Google people, whatever, are upset that this robot AI thing is coming to take their jobs. And you know that the factory line workers in Detroit are going, ah, (laughs) we told you sons of bitches 20 years ago. For sure. We told your robots were bad. Now you see. (laughs) Oh, man. So how about you, George? What do you got for us this week? I got a robot that does that same kind of shit. Uh, (laughs) Cool. I found an application that I wanted to use through a bunch of trial and error and stuff. So you guys know that we have the Turnbuckles and Territories Mm -hmm. podcast now. Mm -hmm. We're up to, I think I'm in the middle of editing episode 10 or something like that. And we've released like six of the episodes Mm -hmm. or seven at this point. I forget because we recorded them a while back. Mm -hmm. One of the things that is always a little difficult for me is doing an editing process where I have to take out manually the ums and the ahs. Mm. You guys know, um, as we talk, um, we do those little, you know, type of connector yep. words and phrases and pauses. Yep. Verbal pauses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you're editing a podcast that your voice is on and you have to listen to it for an hour at a time and clip <laughs> all those things out manually, it can get a little frustrating, <laughs> but you have to slog through it. Well, there's this program called Descript, D-E. S-C-R-I-P-T. Okay. Okay. It lets you load in your audio, and it can be a single track or multiple tracks of audio. It creates a transcript of that audio. That's what it was originally intended to do. Mm -hmm. But they have built tools on top of it that now not only can it create that transcript automatically for you, but as you edit that transcript, like if there's an um and you don't like it, you can highlight it and say, skip that um, and it takes it out of the audio file automatically, rebuilds the ambient sound in it. So it sounds like there was just a blank space where that um or ah wow. or you know used to be. Wow. Now, if that's all it did, I would still be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's still a manual process, highlighting the um mm-hmm. and the ah mm-hmm. and deciding to ignore it. But they have a tool built into it. You can have it do it automatically. You can have it pick up what it calls filler words And you can select the whole list or just specific filler words and have it apply that setting of ignoring or deleting that filler word from your audio and it takes it out for you. (laughs) Then you can download the audio. Another great part, it's non-destructive. If you at some point later say, oh, no, I really wanted that Mm -hmm. place where somebody said, well, 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 because they didn't mean it like they were stuttering. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They were really saying, well, well, well. Right. You can go back, highlight that, put it back into the audio and it pops in automatically. Wow. Great tool for editing audio. It does video as well. And I haven't tried that yet because I don't do turnbuckles and territories as a video podcast yet. Does video. It's a really, really fun huh. tool. It's expensive. Wait, wait, wait. now the robots are taking tool. my job. I edit podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I'm, you don't edit my podcast, so I'm not taking First your only job. fans and now this. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's very cool. I really like it. It's helped me a lot reduce the amount of time I have to spend editing a single episode. Now, where an episode would take me two, two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Now I can do an episode in probably 45 minutes. Wow. That's a big Dang. <laughs> you gave us a little demo of this the other day on our call. Mm-hmm. And because we had mentioned you were looking at it, we're like, I'm going to explore it. And you mm-hmm. kind of said, here's what I've discovered so far. I've learned about it. And every time I had a question like, yeah, but what if? And you're like, no, 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 look. And I go, yeah, but what if? No, 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 but look. And there's just, it like they've thought this through. Like, I don't know if I'm yet ready to hand over 
this podcast to a tool like Descript, right. but I'm damn ready to hand over like a previous episode and try it out because I'm intrigued yeah, sure. by, even if it does some of the work for me and chops, you know, half an hour off my time, as Just long as the hour. overhead of getting yeah. in and out of the system is in a wash, well, then that's worthwhile. That's yeah. that's going to yeah. be worthwhile. I mean, it seems like a tool that it's a blown away. And the, the video aspect of it, we haven't even scratched yet. I can't imagine what cool crap it does with that. <laughs> What's the cost of this thing? Well, that's what I was mentioning earlier, that it's kind of expensive. So depending upon what you you need to do with the tool mm-hmm. and more importantly how long you want to use the tool for every month will determine oh, hmm. the amount of money you spend so okay. at one level you get like 10 hours worth of editing time a month and the way it determines that is by uploading your file to them however long that file is that's the time that you take off of whatever you've paid for mm-hmm. in my case i upload three different audio tracks for one episode mm-hmm. each one of those counts individually so Ouch. an hour-long Ouch. recording counts as three hours Reaper. for me I on see. my descript time that right now I get 30 hours per month and that costs me $30. There are uh, levels in between the next level. It's like, uh, I think, you know, contact us type of a level where you tell them how much you want and they'll probably quote you a price kind of a thing. So it's not cheap and it's not for just the average. I'm doing this on a lark. I want to try it out kind of thing. However, They do have seminars quite often where they highlight a particular tool of theirs or something. And if you go to the seminar, they will be giving away a code that lets you try the program for free for 30 days with that 30 hour time limit. Oh, nice. You know, it's not, I mean, I mean, it's it's definitely not nothing, right? 30 bucks. But if it saves you hours a month, Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. that could have some people. We have several different programs that we use in our editing process, right? We use uh, Zencaster to record. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. use Audacity. We use Adobe Audition. Um, We use what's the um, video one that you use? Power Director. Power Director. Mm-hmm. So our money is spread out across some of those programs. Some of them are free. Some of them are not. Mm-hmm. All of those things that those programs do, there is a tool in Descript to do them. It is kind of a one-stop shop. Hmm. So if you really like the interface, which I'll be honest with you, I don't really like the interface. That's why I get in there, do the stuff I need to do and get my stuff out as quickly <laughs> right. as possible. But if you like the interface, mm-hmm. it could take the place of a lot of different tools. It's kind of like that all-in-one syndrome of a device. John, you and I have talked yep. about that for years where- Printer, copier, fax, toaster. You get an all-in-one <laughs> device. It's not great at any of them, but it's good enough to take care of and replace all of them. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I'll be checking it out. Descript. It's interesting. Yeah, it's a fun sure. little system, but yours, John, was a little bit more interesting to me. I even tried to click this link that you're going to provide to Mo, uh-huh. and it took me to a damn GitHub page, and I That's can't right. figure out shit on <laughs> GitHub, so you're going to need to explain to me what the hell this is, because I think I know, but I don't really think I know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy to, yeah. Well, you mentioned a little bit earlier about uh, watching a show on Plex. We all run Plex servers. We host all of our media on Plex. And the reason that Plex exists and is protected and continues to not be pursued legally is because you're not sharing media. Someone could just stream Mm -hmm. your media. It's like Netflix, right? So I don't have a copy of the movie when I watch it on Netflix. I'm just streaming it. It's coming Mm -hmm. in my house. Some kind of magic decoding is happening. It's appearing on my screen, but I don't. Ha- I can't put my fingers on it. I can't, right. you know, save it to a zip drive or anything. A zip. Right. Look how old I am. A USB zip stick. Drive. A yeah, zip, zip drive. drive. <laughs> wow. Wow. So uh, this is something I was exploring, and I, you're right. GitHub can be if you're not like a big Linux guy and you understand all that can be daunting. I tried this out initially as a Docker image inside of my Unraid server. So I just kind of spin it up mm-hmm. and gave it a shot. In a nutshell, this is super easy to describe what it does. I'm more interested in talking about the implications of it. Plex Ripper, you install, you run it, it you log in with your Plex credentials. God so damn it, now, will you get to what it does? Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm tr- <laughs> you just interrupted me saying it. Damn it, you would be there by now, George. I've delayed my That's own right. time. I'm going to turn this car around. You log in with your Plex credentials, and then it has an interface that sees the same thing that your Plex uh, client would see. Mm-hmm. And I see Mo's server, and I see George's server, and whoever I visit. And you can go through and search for stuff and go, oh, I see that uh, Mo has, you know, this Sherlock Holmes series that I want to watch. But what if I don't want to watch it? What if I want it? You can actually click oh. on a series or seasons or an episode and go, oh. gimme. 
Ooh. And it tells the Plex server it's streaming it, but it's capturing it and reconstituting it as video files on your end. You're actually getting a one-to-one copy huh. of the file that was on the server on your local drive. It lets you copy that image and bring it in to your system as your own personal media. Oh, so Plex Ripper, just like DVD Ripper used to be yep. back in the day. Exactly all right. right. Yeah. So I see. So if you took through all the pain of getting a file, finding it, doing all the stuff, I can say, ha, thank you. And I just take it. You can just take it. Right. <laughs> I remember maybe, I don't know, this might've been two years ago or so, but I can't find good HD 1080 copies right. of them. Mm-hmm. Can you just give mm-hmm. me the files, please? So what I have to do, I had to take the files and I had to put them in a Dropbox or something and give them to you and they're giant and whatever. Yep. If you had Plex Ripper, you could just logged into my server and went download. You'd have had that series. You'd have had the files in your own library. Now it's still growing. The thing I most want to use it for, honestly, if I have access to someone's server, I could just stream. I don't need this necessarily, right. but I'm more interested in ripping audio. Like, oh, they have some great albums. They have a great collection mm. of, you know, oh, oh, this guy has, you know, the complete Ronnie Millsap collection. I just want to listen to his <laughs> stuff, right? But I don't want to go download a discography. You could just grab an album or whatever. Now, music is not something currently supported by Plex Ripper, Doesn't but it's in development. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it makes Plex a little more of a gray area is the problem, mm. the fact that this exists. You know what I mean? How long does it take to download? So is it play it real time? Like, do you have to wait two hours faster than real time in my tests yeah okay interesting (laughs) i am quite a bit scared at this point Mm, yeah i think john may have just opens up to every lawsuit that the (laughs) entertainment industry can throw at us at this point because you have you essentially just gave everybody a gooey way of piracy yeah i know like you pointed out at the beginning the reason why plex is not being pursued is because it's streaming just like a netflix or an amazon it's not copying but this tool is Mm. absolutely doing that so how is it that this is not going to become the thing that's going to destroy people because when i get my stuff from the public domain Mm -hmm. i have it on a protected vm that has a vpn in front of it this won't have that unless i install it on that vm i guess yeah i I don't know as i said i'm more interested in the implications than i am in the actual application because again you can stream stuff but the door it opens for Mm -hmm. the plex environment the community of plex is scary access to my plex now means access to my files did the yeah. people mm. at Plex create this or somebody oh, else? No, no. Did? Oh, no, no, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 absolutely not. Interesting. I get the impression that very soon the people at Plex will be saying, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. Like very, a quite possibly. kind of thing. Quite possibly. So yeah. I, I guess mm. I mentioned it to say, if you're interested, maybe go get it now. Because <laughs> it, it might away. go away in the near future. Yeah. Plex is going to find some way to block it. Oh, yeah, I think so. They have to block it. It's. Uh, I got to think there's a way that they're they're reconstituting the stream into a file that Plex will probably put some kind of encryption in to block mm-hmm. that. They're going to have to. Otherwise, or maybe they don't care. Maybe it's a don't ask, don't tell situation. But if you're in that arena, look up Plex Ripper and look and see what it does. It's it's hmm. a bit of a game changer, and I don't know that it's for the better. It's definitely, mm. it might be damaging, it's interesting. like you said, George. It is. It is interesting. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. No flying calls with a different skin, so it's easier to catch and throw. Hey, you want hot hands? You got hot hands. Catch the two hot new Nerf flying colors. And catch this. This is the main event of the podcast. For the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world, ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Time to talk about games. We Mm -hmm. love games. Games are awesome. Games, games, games. (laughs) I used to do that opening before. Games, 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 games. Is that a haiku? That might have been a haiku you just did. Was it? I didn't count. I don't know. (laughs) 
when we're talking about games, one of the things that comes up most often for our generation of game players is how am I going to play a game that I grew up loving? A mm. game that I remember from the arcade or maybe the Atari 2600. Atari is hitting its 50th right now. Or maybe mm. Nintendo or a Sega Genesis or Mega Drive or whatever that you enjoy playing games on. Oftentimes, the people asking that question are asking it because they don't have the old system or the old mm -hmm. arcade yeah, game available sure. to them. We all know about the world of emulation. It's a big part of our lives and it's a big part of our gaming. One of the biggest pains in the world of mm -hmm. emulation is the front end. John, in the last segment, we were talking about Plex. Plex is a great front end right. for your movies and TV shows and audio. The best front end for a long time for emulation, in my opinion, was Hyperspin. Oh, yeah. I loved Hyperspin, but unfortunately, it was a dead product. The people who developed it were no longer supporting it. And truthfully, I never could get it to work very easily. Hmm. A number of years ago, John, I think maybe you found it first. Maybe uh, I don't know if I found it first. I think I introduced it uh, to you, yeah. Yeah, it was a program called LaunchBox. And mm -hmm. LaunchBox is subdivided into its original LaunchBox form and another form called BigBox. The only difference between the two is LaunchBox is inside a window. BigBox is a full screen front end emulator experience, but they use the same database behind them. So you can go back and forth between the two. It's kind of like if you're on Steam, you have the regular Steam. And then if you click that, you know, big whatever version. Oh, Steam the big screen the, or something they call yeah. it. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same kind of thing. But just like with Hyperspin, it was always difficult for me to configure the ROMs that I had to be able to load and play properly in LaunchBox. Mm. Well, that's not a problem anymore. <laughs> okay. okay. The reason why I wanted to talk about it in this segment is because now they have considered that there are people like me who love to play video games of a certain era but are completely fucking stupid, just like me. Okay. So now what they have done, if you have a set of ROMs for a particular type of emulator, I'll use MAME as the clock example. Okay. okay. I think games. right now they're on 251 is the version that they're on. Right. If you have your set of ROMs for MAME 251, those are not the same as set of ROMs for MAME 2.4 because they had right. different files inside the zip files. Some zip files yeah. didn't have all the files. Some had too many, all these different stuff. That's too complicated for somebody like me to keep track of. But once you get a full set of whatever version you want, or even just some games from whatever version of MAME you want, you can load them into this I guess it's just a workflow process inside of LaunchBox and it'll ask you, okay, where's the folder? Okay. Mm -hmm. What is it that you want to use? I want to use MAME. Okay. Which version of MAME? Okay. These are 2.51. Okay, no. great. I'll take care of the rest. Oh. And that's it. It'll ask you, would you like to download box art or posters or all this? Mm -hmm. stuff? Yeah, sure. Download that for me too. Just like Plexus. <laughs> Why not? It's all set. That's cool in and of itself. What it also does is it does that same kind of thing for every other emulation platform out there at this point. Mm, wow. MAME is kind of separate. It does MAME with MAME's own executable, but for all the others, it can use RetroArch. Oh, sure. John, yeah. RetroArch is kind of like your Docker thing, right? It's this yep. overall program that has these different plugins for the yep. different emulators. Like here's a RetroArch plugin for Genesis, and here's one right. for Nintendo, and here's one for Cores the Game or something Boy they Advanced call them? Color. Yeah. yeah. Well, all you have to tell LaunchBox is just use RetroArch. And it just figures the rest out. And it goes and gets the one thing you need. Wow. And just starts playing. Wow. That's when did cool. it get so smart? I mean, it used to be okay, but I think it got that way this year because really? I have been subscribed to their YouTube channel for an, quite a bit of time. They have a gentleman who has an, his own channel named ETA Prime yeah, yeah. doing their tutorial videos. I think he must be part of the company or something at this point. But this year he has released quite a few videos about MAME and how you import ROMs and how you can do all these cool things with LaunchBox and BigBox. And at the end of 2022, he released this, here's everything we did this year type of video. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I got that video. I watched it. I'm like, holy shit, I guess I need to get back on this. I did. Inside of 20 minutes, I had everything up and running. Every emulation platform impressive. I needed up mm. and running. Completely awesome. I love it. I'm setting it up so that I can put it on a PC that my son has in that old arcade cabinet I used to have that's over at his house now. Because the other 
great thing about LaunchBox and BigBox, you can simply copy its root folder to a thumb drive or anything else, mm-hmm. and it Runs will run on any PC you plug it into <laughs> because nice. it's all relative folder dynamic programmed. Wow. So I got to ask, now that they've removed the friction and you got this all set up, what have you been playing? Is there anything you just jumped into now that it's all just working magically? <laughs> yeah, I've been playing Galaga. Uh, <laughs> of course I, I get it <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> no i did start playing um some stuff on the uh the game boy advance i just like i can't even remember any of the titles i was right, just right, like right. clicking in i'm like holy crap that works holy crap this works oh my god that works too <laughs> i still have a lot of not a lot of work i still have some work to do to configure the controller that i'm using which is yep. my xbox one controller i still need to configure that but you do that inside of launchbox instead of having to do it inside each individual game that's cool, or right? the emulator preferences so that that's part cool. is even easier than if you mm put these things on your PC separately and did them individually. It's time to revisit. Maybe it's time to <laughs> time to reset up my uh, arcade cabinet, it sounds like. This is way better than I remember. Yeah, really. And the only thing I'm going to say, when you install LaunchBox, it pops up with this little window and it says, hey, do you want to know how to load Sega things into LaunchBox or do you want to know how to do uh, Mega Drive? Be careful with those videos because most of them are three to five years old. They do not represent oh, the current okay. version okay. of the game because they are not going back and recreating their tutorials. That's the only thing that I would ask LaunchBox to consider doing. They have a great guy who's a great front end for their program. Just refresh the, yeah, yeah. Refresh the tutorials, please. Other than that, it's a great platform. Mm, Wow. Okay. Time to revisit. No kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, Mo, which game have you been playing that you would like to play on LaunchBox? (laughs) I don't think it supports this because this is actually a board game. So, <laughs> ah, well, according to what I just heard, give it time. Give it time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the the villainous board game series. There's one for Walt Disney characters where you play the Mm-mm. villain. I of saw a character. that in Walmart one time. Yeah, they yeah. had all the evil like women and men yep. from the okay. from Disney World. They have one now for Marvel, so you can play the bad guys in Marvel. Oh, so I ah. got the one for. Of course, Star Wars. Um, <laughs> ah. And let me tell you, it's just a neat game. It's a strategy game. You can play it with like, I think, two to, I think, five people or something like that. It's not super long to play. Like if you play with like three people, it's like, it's like an hour game. It's a mm-hmm. decent thing. But the cool part is that when you play, like each, you pick which villain you want to be. And of course, you can be Darth Vader and, you know, all the major guys. Each one like has special abilities and your job is basically to capture territory and you have to mm-hmm. use like your special abilities like when you go there and there's a lot of cards and strategy involved with it. You play it and you definitely you you kind of feel a little bit like Darth Vader <laughs> in a way. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's um, you know, because when you go there, you're doing kind of Darth Vader-y stuff to accomplish your goal. Mm. If you're Darth Maul, you're doing Darth Maul-y stuff. Because like, the way that mm. the, each one has separate abilities and characters. And I think it's just, just a really, really good job of just kind of giving you that good feel when you're playing this game. Anytime somebody mentions territory capture and cards with mm-hmm. a board game, mm-hmm. I automatically think of risk. Is it right. risk-like or is no, it completely it's, it's, different? It's, it's different. Okay. Because it's basically the board is set with these different sectors that you're trying to capture, essentially. And you move your character to the thing and then your job is to capture it. And there's some random cards as far as like how difficult it is to do it, what it takes to kind of capture that sector. And then using your okay. abilities, there's also different cards that give you different abilities, of course. So there's a lot of different cards and a lot of replayability because you could visit the same sector and it would have it'd be completely different the last time you played because it's all kind of random. Mm. As far as what its power, how hard it is to take over that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. A similar question to George's, different angle. You mentioned that there was like a Marvel one and a Disney yes. one and that kind of thing. Does this suffer from the syndrome of like, oh, it's that same game with another skin slapped on it, or is it specific? You said like Darth Mauly things. Really? I can imagine what that is. Does it feel like a copy with the Star Wars paint on it, or what? Yeah, you know, I don't know because I haven't played the other ones to be quite no, honest. Okay. So, so I'm not really say. sure. Um, right. I know it's the third one in the series it's well reviewed but actually i can't answer that question i would i would think it's probably very similar i would be surprised if it's not uh you know as far as the playability but from looking at the variety of just the cards within the star wars game i imagine that they have a lot of ways of making each one of those characters very very different from game to game okay kind of feels like maybe then like how munchkin has its different varieties but they all are kind of the same yeah 
Interesting. I think that's yeah. probably a closer a, a close yeah. comparison than Risk for sure. So yeah, yeah. it's it's, a, it's it's very cool. It's definitely getting back into board gaming quite a bit lately. So this is like another one to add to the massive stack of board games you now have to go through. <laughs> but no, it's it's cool. And I definitely recommend people give it a shot. So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna add a gaming store where people can come and play games onto my theater for thirty five dollars. Oh, absolutely, man. That's a, that's a natural. Right? <laughs> there you go. I noticed as soon as I saw you were going to talk about this, I went and looked at the link. It's not cheap, though. Did I see it was no. like 80 or 90 bucks? It's well, 60 some bucks. 60. OK, so it's but still right. not cheap, but not cheap. Right, it's not $25, sure. right? It's, I will yeah, not be no. buying that while we're talking. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Unlike the Schoolhouse Rock book. Right. <laughs> the game itself is very high quality. Like the, the the figures and the board, like it feels like solid. You know, you that premium what feeling about. that you yeah, get exactly, from exactly. Half so, to it. All right. Okay. But, you know, 60 bucks, that, that's not a cheap game. Absolutely not, no. for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, OK. Yeah. So that's what I got. How about you, John? What you got for us this week? I have another game that I'm sure I'm going to get, get going to get made fun of about. So <laughs> Why not? I did the Dung Beetle game. I've done yeah. it, you know. So this new game that I've been playing, I'm absolutely infatuated with. It's called Webbed. Not really the Spider-Man, I take W-E-B-B-E-D. it. <laughs> W-E-B-B-E-D. Webbed? I was going with Spider-Man or Duck Feet. I wasn't you sure You play which. the role of a little pixelated female spider. Yep. Okay. You're, you're a little spider. And it's it's kind of 8-bitty, kind of pixely, but not in a way that's like, oh, it was a shortcut. It's just a stylistic choice. As the spider, you enter this world as a, you know, tiny little just character you control. Control of it is awesome. And you have three kinds of webs you can shoot. You can shoot like uh, swinging through the city webs where you, okay. you know, shoot something and you can swing from it like you know, the Spider-Man uh, thing. Yeah, right. Like a Spider-Man <laughs> swing, right? Or, or, or Tarzan swing, right? You can get okay, from spot gotcha. to spot. With your other bumper, you can shoot like a just cause kind of tether Ooh, web, right? I can okay. shoot here and shoot there and that's going to oh, make a connection. You slide down it. Or slide down it or you can grab something and it'll pull it to you or you can yeah. hook something to the ceiling and it'll, it'll pull up. Or you can build a web, you know, like spiders do. You know, you can connect this and you can make <laughs> okay. your own map around, like if it's a big empty space, you can make your own little, just a web that you can walk across in anywhere in the mid screen. And the third kind is like a, like a spider bullet, a spider web bullet, right? So you mm. can, it, it'll, you can break webs with it. You can attack enemies with it. Okay. Okay. The whole premise of the game is you're this little lady spider and you're trying to get to your boyfriend spider somewhere at the end of the game. I haven't gotten there yet. It's a love story ultimately, but to get there, <laughs> you have to help all these different, you go down the underground cavern of the ants and the ants it's are fighting this It's a love story thing. until she gets pregnant, has a bunch of babies that all eat her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, well, it's a bit of a twist. It's an M. Night Shyamalan game right. actually, it turns out. <laughs> Great. <laughs> So like the part I'm playing right now, I'm underground. The ants are upset because stuff's not going well. They're trying to build this robo ant, but there's pieces missing and the water's not flowing to their machinery. Okay. And so you got to go and find the parts of the machinery and reconnect it. The parts of the ant reconnect it. Meanwhile, you're trying to find all these little ant, little larvae that are missing, the collectibles that you gather. And to give you an idea of the tone of this game, I, I left the ant colony for a while to look and see what else was around. And I ended up at a, there's a giant bird that fills the whole screen because I'm a tiny spider. This giant bird runs a skate park. Ah. And your little spider can get on this little skateboard and do stunts around this skate park for extra points to just do favors for the bird, just for bonus stuff. It is a lighthearted game. It is a fun game. It's an adventure game. And ultimately, there's no time pressure. You can do it at your own pace. Uh -huh. And it's hard to go wrong with a game that has a dedicated button that makes your spider dance. That's it. Just makes him dance. She just dances. <laughs> At some point, I'm going to need that for something, I guess. But <laughs> didn't you have that in Stray? Didn't the cat have a button that would do something like it would lick itself? Or yeah, it, would, it, would, it would purr. It would like lay down and purr. There yeah. 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 So what kind of game is this? Side scroller puzzle? <sighs> I guess I would call it a very light Metroidvania. It is okay. side on. It's not a 3D view, but it's very open world. You can go anywhere and do anything in any order that you want. You can give up on something and leave and go do something else and come back, but you will eventually hit a wall where you're like, well, I got to go back and finish that right, if okay. I want to progress. The thing that sold me on it was it looked interesting. It was another cute animal to play with that I think is really neat has like 3,500 reviews on Steam. Overwhelmingly positive is the overall oh, no. summary okay. of this okay. little game. And everybody says, oh, well, it's kind of a kitty, but it doesn't matter. I loved it. Oh, it's kind of simple. Doesn't matter. I loved it. That's what every review kind of says. <laughs> so now the most important question. Oh, yeah. How yep. much does it cost? And are you getting your Corys out of it? I want to say I spent a 
about, I found it on sale. I want to say it's normally like 15 bucks, but I got it for like $11. Okay. And I, I would say I've already played it for about six hours and I'm not done with one big okay. chunk of it. But it's probably because I'm going slowly and enjoying it and playing with the game. Let's see if I can make a web to do this. Let's see if I can accomplish this because it's fun to play on top of accomplishing things. So I think okay. I will get my Corys out of it. And for those out there who we probably haven't explained it in quite a while, the Cory system is for every dollar you spend, you should get an hour's mm-hmm. worth of playtime out of the game. Yep, that's right. And I think I'll get well, it. I just looked it up and it's $9.99 on Steam right now. Mm. There you go. Even better. So cool. if you like any of the kind of games that I like, if you, <laughs> I, I'm very I'm very impressed you guys didn't rail on me for yet another animal game, but thank you, you for know, that. I mean, I, I've played the Spider-Man games, so I can't really complain too much. <laughs> okay. It's pretty much on brand for you now, so you know. Okay, it's, it's what you've come to expect. Understand. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it wasn't Bigfoot, so that made me happy. Oh, yeah, okay. this good you point. did have that. <laughs> Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, well, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today, and uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. What a smart person. You bought Sylvania soft white light bulbs where my light lasts longer. 5% longer than in other soft white bulbs. Why, in this 60 watt alone, you'll enjoy 50 more hours of me. So you see, with Sylvania, you made the brightest choice of all. Oh, nice meeting you. Ask for Sylvania, where the best comes to light. Before we wind it up here on episode 140, it's time to talk about the things we're looking at or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together. Uh, and I'll start with something I'm actually watching right now. It came out in 2021. My close personal friend Anson Mount on Twitter <laughs> mentioned <laughs> that he and his wife just finished the first season of an Apple TV Plus series called Invasion. And he recommended it. Okay. Okay. As you might imagine, Invasion is an alien invasion. You've heard of a slow burn series. This abuses yeah. the privilege. I went four episodes before I saw an alien. Wow. It's really, it's a people story is what it is. I'm about, I think I'm two episodes left from the end. It starts accelerating. I won't go into the detail of it. it may, if, when I finish it, maybe I'll talk about it again. But I know it got renewed for a season two. If you want a slow character driven alien invasion story, this is it for you. Invasion. And it's Anton Mount approved. That, that counts. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Next thing I'm looking forward to, South Park is finally coming back. We had all the specials, the pandemic special, all that stuff, the streaming special, but the new season, season 26, if you can believe it. I believe it. Coming our way February 8th on uh, Comedy Central, I guess, where South Park runs. They can do no wrong. They just, they they got their finger on the pulse. That makes me giggle every time I see a new Mm -hmm. episode. So, and finally, though I have a little trepidation and I'm cautious about being too excited, February 16th is the premiere of season three of Star Trek Picard, which is mm. effectively a reunion and ostensibly a, a wrap up for the Star Trek The Next Generation cast all coming back. I want to get super excited, but something like that is can get so overhyped, you can get disappointed in mm. it. But I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to see what happens. I mean, George, I can only imagine that you're excited about it or worried about you it. Know, other people have been disappointed in Picard for different reasons. Yeah. I haven't been disappointed by it yet. No, so no. fuck all yeah. those people. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah, it, it looks promising. <laughs> I hope it lives up to my, my desires for this kind of Star Trek The Next Generation wrap up that they're going to do. So that's coming again February 16th. Cool. Mo, how about you? What do you got coming up, bud? Um, so one is a new show coming on Fox February 16th called Animal Control. Uh, it's a mm. comedy. It's one oh, of these first yeah. camera like documentary style 
things. It looks okay. like Reno 911, but for animal people. Yeah. Um, oh, the guy really? starring okay. it was the guy who starred in Community, the main guy from Community. I don't know if you remember, but he's like the main guy in it. And he was a cop that basically got kicked off the force for some reason. So now he's basically his job is animal control. And okay. doesn't get along with people. Seems to understand animals really well. I saw the, the trailer for it. It looks really, really funny. So I'm definitely looking right. forward to that one. And like you, John, I'm also looking forward to South Park because like you said, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, yep. it's always good, right? Quality is always high on yep. that one. Yep. And the last thing I'm looking forward to, again, with also some trepidation, is the new <laughs> Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. Um, yeah. It's coming up February 17th. The trail looks amazing. I like that they have Kang the Conqueror in it. I like the character, the guy who mm-hmm. went playing with the two, the actor. But I'm like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how it's going to be. It could be really stupid. It could be really good. It could be somewhere in between, of course. But, you know. But it's Paul Rudd. So you'll have fun at least. And, and I'm going to see it. You know, <laughs> I, I'm, I, yeah. I know I'm going to go see it. Yeah. I don't know. It's, again, it's like, are we burned out from all these superhero movies? You know, eh, probably a little. a little bit. But I don't know. Th- I think they're trying to make this one go a little bit different direction. But I don't know. I like the trailer. I just seem cool. Maybe it was the background music was cool. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm definitely looking forward to it. All right. So how about you, George? What are you looking forward to? Uh, well, oddly enough, I'm looking forward to a movie that I was looking forward to on the last podcast, Creed 3. I thought it was coming out <laughs> February 3rd. I was mistaken by a whole month. It's coming out March the 3rd, which is my birthday. How I missed that, I have no idea. <laughs> so does that mean that you can be looking forward to this again <laughs> next time? <laughs> We actually had a listener, Marcus, contacted me saying, why did you let George teach something from a month away and the wrong date? And I'm like, what do you mean, let him? I didn't let him. Well, we didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know any better. Yeah, so it did not go right unnoticed. It did not. Yeah. No. I, and I'm going to keep looking forward to it until we get there. To hell with it. I did the same thing with Cobra Kai. Mo's done did. it with something that he's liked. I'm going to do it with this. I don't give a shit. It's okay, my, fine, it's my looking for it, forward to. Fine. Uh, the other one that I'm looking forward to is Flash <laughs> season nine. So this is the mm. CW TV show, The Flash. Mm-hmm. It's actually the final season. Wow. And oh, really? This comes out and starts on February the 8th. There'll be one mm. episode per week. So it's not an all drop at once kind right, of a thing. Right. I do need to go pick up uh, season eight, like the last few episodes. I didn't catch the rest of those. Mm-hmm. So I need to go back and finish those off. But it looks really fun. Now, the thing I'm looking forward to the most coming up mm-hmm. is going back to the theater and jumping on the pole with Magic Mike's last dance, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Let's go Magic male Mike. Magic Mike? <laughs> I love that series of movies. God damn it. I can't stop watching Channing Tatum in a thong. I can't help it. Wow. All right. Ooh, well, uh, you do you, man. That's, uh, that's all I gotta say. I'm so <laughs> proud that they finally came out with the third one. It's been like eight years since the last one that they did. Oh, so, so Oh, so soon. <laughs> I thought we dodged that bullet. <laughs> they do have an interesting cast. Selma Hayek is the lead female yes, in this yeah. one. Okay. Selma Hayek. And okay, it looks like it they're moving away from the stripper story and more into he's trying to help her rebuild his life. If you've watched any of the Magic Mike movies, which taken by the reactions, you probably haven't. <laughs> I'm afraid uh, I haven't. Sorry. <laughs> They're not just strippers. Each one of these people and their characters, they have some kind of thing that they're trying to do to help someone. And for Mike, in his case, in all of his stories, there's always a female that he's corresponding with that he's trying to show her like how to be happy again or get her smile back Hmm. or something along those lines. And it's, it's the same in this case, which is what these movies all have in common. They have kind of a family heart soul kind of feel to them. Mm -hmm. Granted with a lot of glitter and spandex and thongs, but (laughs) got to get them in the door. They're fun. They're fun. And I enjoy them and I'm proud to enjoy them as a heterosexual male who's secure and confident in his manhood so magic mike's last dance february 10th be there on your pole <laughs> this could be like uh like your hunger games you can just rewatch the series you know a few times I a do, year dude do I, like earlier this week i finished the first two movies in like a day <laughs> if you love them you love them oh who, my who God, am yeah. i to say you know well, what yeah. you went light on me with the spider game so i'm gonna let you go with this one so. fair <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> right, Mo? I know. Before we get out of this show, 
<laughs> real, real quickly, I want to thank one of our longtime supporters, Brad B. Mm-hmm. Mm. He hopped into Patreon and said, you know what, you guys, I want to give you a little bit more. He bumped up his level at Again? Patreon. Wow. It's as good as being a new patron. It's another small trickle bit of income that comes to us. And I'm not talking, people don't have to do, you know, $25, $30, $50 a month. A dollar a month is is all it takes to get started Mm -hmm. supporting us over on Patreon. We could really use the help. If you thought about it, you should take Brad B's lead. Just head over to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. I want to thank Brad for the upgrade and for everyone else who continues to be a stalwart supporter of what we are doing here on the pod over on YouTube, Twitch wherever we do stuff you are making it happen brad and uh, all of your cohorts over there thank you so very much that is going to wrap it up then for this edition of the show don't worry though we'll be back in two weeks with another one and next week though is a backtrack we pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep and i can tell you what the backtrack is but i would just show my (laughs) ignorance about the topic for our backtrack george why don't you tell the fourth listener what they can look forward to next week yeah we are heading back to the cuyahoga river the cleveland indians Major League from 1989, <laughs> Tom Berenger, Charlie Sheen, Wesley Snipes, Corbin Burnson, mm-hmm. one of the best lines ever when somebody is asked to be the new manager of the Cleveland Indians. I don't know. I got another guy on the line about some white walls. I'll call you back later. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about this classic sports movie because Mm. we don't really talk about sports movies that often. And this one is absolutely in our Gen X era. That is spot. Big time. Cool. Yeah. You're not going to want to miss that one. So I hope you'll join us for that. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here, pal. Yes, sir. Mo, you know, I appreciate you. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, it's you, though. We all appreciate most of all. And we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, buddy. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown-ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. And play a board game where the object is... And play a board game where the object is to fulfill, fulfill. I can't say that. (laughs) Mo, you did that line perfectly. It took me four tries. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.